welcome to the Erevar, where hogwash is highlighted. In this episode, the psychology of misinformation, what we can do to fight fake news and neuromyths, brain size, a new brain disease in Canada, and dementia. Again. Here is the brain news on the 7th of May, 2021. Misinformation overload. Perhaps stimulated by the departure of the orange one from the highest office in the world, 10 scientific papers on the psychology of fake news and misinformation were published this month. Nine of these were part of a special colloquium in the journal Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences USA. The tenth was in the psychology journal Trends in Cognitive Sciences. I'd recommend reading all ten of these articles, but I'll pick out the best bits from three. West and Bergstrom compare misinformation and fake news in the wider world to the processes and practices typical of modern science. The comparison is illuminating, but not flattering for science. Yeo and McKaysey discuss the roles of emotion and humour in science education, in fact-checking, and countering misinformation in the public domain. They focus on the role of humorous science posts on Twitter. And Penny Cook and Rand in Trends in Cognitive Sciences ask why people fall for fake news. They conclude that it's less about their political beliefs or their desire to misinform Rather, it's a lack of reflection, reasoning, or prior knowledge. Are we drowning in misinformation? Yes and no. This brilliant series of reviews, 100 pages of science facts, poses many challenges for science communication and understanding in an information ecosystem dominated by the World Wild West. So many challenges that seem so big, as to be almost overwhelming. But there is hope. The reasons to be cheerful are, first, that the vast majority of news and information consumed by the general public is not fake. Perhaps 1-15% to 15% of the news food eaten by the general public is fake or comes from unreliable sources. Second, well-known phenomena like the backfire effect, the idea that counteracting misinformation with facts and logic will backfire, only strengthening your audience's false beliefs, is itself an often misinterpreted phenomenon. The backfire effect was only present in two of the original five experiments, and follow-up work has either failed to confirm it or has substantially modified it. Third, there is a lot to learn from these reviews. Narrative, emotion, humour, inoculation, pre-bunking, and the communication of corrective messages by well-trusted, liked, and elite sources can all turn the misinformation tide. There's even a study showing that adding a laughter track to a stand-up science comedian's routine increases their likability and their perceived expertise. The error bar is here to burst science news bubbles, <laughs> dehorn science unicorns, and point to the naughty bits of naked science emperors. Conclusion, the infodemic tide of misinformation may seem overwhelming, but the power and promise of science is overwhelminger. Done well, science will win. Join the information crusade. The science was by Weston Bergstrom and by Yo and McKaysey in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, USA, and by Penny Cook and Rand in Trends and Cognitive Sciences. Neuromyths persist. A review by Torrios Muelas and colleagues traces the history of popular but misleading claims about the brain and systematically assesses the role of neuromyths in education. In their review, 39 neuromyths are identified and repeated in their Table 2. Studies of these neuromyths raise many reasons for their persistence in education and beyond. 
Here at the Era Bar, we use 100% of both sides of our brains, and we learn things in many different ways. And you should too. We recommend reading this study. Conclusion, don't repeat them. Science was by Torrios Muelas and colleagues in Frontiers in Psychology. No education link to brain size and decay. Last episode, we reported that human, male and female brains are different in overall size, but not in their shape, structure or function. This episode, the Daily Mail tells us that a university education does not protect you from dementia, heart disease or brain shrinkage. In the study, thousands of brain scans from two national databases covering 50 years of development showed that the most and the least educated halves of the volunteers showed the same rates of brain decay over their lifespan. Level of education did predict overall brain volume, and that was most strong for the important part of the brain that controls movements of the right hand. Separately, Weisbecker and Smeyers report in the conversation on their study of the relative brain and body sizes of 1,400 mammal species, both fossilised and alive. Scientists have previously considered the ratio of brain to body size as a measure of an animal's intelligence, but Smeyers and colleagues point out that the same brain to body ratio has arisen in different ways during evolution. So we should not focus only on the evolutionary pressures for larger brains, but also to consider the pressures for smaller or larger bodies. Is brain size and decay really unrelated to intelligence? Yes, it seems so. The large brain scanning study followed up on hundreds of volunteers with scans from the same people up to 11 years apart. This so-called longitudinal design is a better way to study changes in brain volume over time than other studies which only looked at a single time in each person's life. If I must quibble, the study only presents the data as a median split, divided into the most and least educated halves. The units on some graphs are wrong, and God only knows why the brain area that controls the right hand is so important. But the analyses and conclusions seem fair. Even the Daily Mail corrected a later version of their headline, limiting their conclusions to brain shrinkage, because dementia is well known to be less common and brain size larger in people with more education. On the brain evolution study, I'm not expert enough to judge, but this paper has some beautiful data visualisations. The conclusion that intelligence is not a simple matter of brain size or brain to body ratio seems a perfectly sensible one. Conclusion Brain size is a small but important predictor of educational outcomes in humans, but brain size alone is not enough to tell you about something's intelligence, whether human, fruit bat, capybara or sea lion. Science was by Nyberg and colleagues in Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences USA and Smears et al. in Science Advances, reported in the Daily Mail and The Conversation. New brain disease discovered. Over the last two months, health officials in New Brunswick, Eastern Canada, have been reporting cases of an unknown neurological disorder similar to Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease. On the 18th of March, the Globe and Mail reported on 43 cases, including five deaths, since 2015. By the 23rd of April, 47 cases and six deaths had been identified. The new disease affects men and women equally aged 18 to 85 years. Symptoms include uncharacteristic irritability, anxiety, depression, followed by pain, insomnia, hallucinations, loss of balance and coordination, dementia, muscle spasms, atrophy, and even Capgras syndrome, the belief that familiar people have been replaced by imposters. Creutzfeldt-Jakob and other prion diseases have been ruled out, but no explanation has yet been found. Conclusion, stay tuned. 
This is reported in the Globe and Mail and other Canadian media and the government of New Brunswick. Dementia linked to sleep. Following the Arabar's intervention on its dementia coverage last episode, the Daily Mail has mended its ways and reported on a scientific article that actually relates to dementia. The study involved nearly 8,000 people over a 25-year period and found that those who reported, or were recorded as, having less than 6 hours sleep a night had a slightly higher risk of dementia in later life. A rival newspaper takes up the baton of the careful scientific reporting of neurological disease but drops it during the first changeover. Last week, The Express reported news that green tea could help treat Alzheimer's disease. But this headline was sourced from a 2019 study in mice. 2019. Mice. Conclusion. Dementia is not linked to green tea. The science was by Sabi et al. Nature Communications. Mori et al. 2019 in Journal of Biological Chemistry. Reported in the Daily Mail and the Daily Express. And finally, the scientific journal Neuron reports the death in late January 2021 of Professor Friedrich Bonhoeffer, a physicist, molecular biologist and neuroembryologist. His contribution includes finding that cells in the embryonic visual brains of chickens and zebrafish create connections and form maps of the world using chemicals that attract and repel the developing nerves. The former PhD student writes of Professor Bonhoeffer's deep sense of fairness, humility and infectious generosity and repeats his advice not to read too many scientific papers lest it stifle your creativity. Conclusion, rest in peace. It's closing time at the Error Bar, but do drop in next time for more brain news, fact-checking and neuro-opinions. Take care. The Error Bar was devised and produced by Dr Nick Holmes from the University of Nottingham. The music by D. Yang Key is available from the Free Music Archive. Find us at theerrorbar.com, on Twitter at bar error, or email talk at theerrorbar.com. <laughs> <laughs>